this morning on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. I don't know if you guys were watching Monday Night Football. Do you see the Lions try to do this dance? No, I didn't. Oh, it was so uncoordinated. It'd be like if us three in here, men with no rhythm, tried to do it. Hey, was Jared Goff leading it? Goff was not. It was a defensive. It was a bunch of defensive guys after one of the Jimmy Garoppolo turnovers last night. Hey, a happy Halloween, a spooky Halloween, and we're hanging out for the next three hours. As always, the wake up call. We appreciate you waking up with us. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton has the best damn Halloween outfit that you could have. Uh, I am. Have nothing today. I will explain the debacle in the Sweetie household, and we're hanging out in the DriveHubler.com studios. Tons to react to last night. If you were able to see the Indiana Pacers oh game Don't last night, game three, and the first Bally's rant upcoming, uh, so I didn't get to see much of it. Obviously, tons of Colts items to react to. Uh, Shane Steichen met with the media last night, and tons to do here. Uh, Greg Doyle going to join us in the the 9 o'clock hour, Rick Carlisle coming off that loss last night to Chicago will be joining us here at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. KB, a good morning. You look fantastic. Happy Halloween yes. to all of those out there. Yeah, the bacon costume comes in handy on a day like today because I, the temperature goes up about 18 degrees around my head with this bacon <laughs> costume on, uh, which is, again is well served today. So uh, it's crispy, it's sizzling, it's ready to go here on this Tuesday morning. So good Tuesday morning to you, Mark. Good Tuesday morning to you. What gives you more issues, the the bacon outfit with the headset or like the turkey hat at Thanksgiving? Yeah, I, honestly, the turkey hat isn't too, too bad. This one is the um, vision-wise... I struggle. <laughs> Left turns were a bit yeah. of an issue on the way down. Got to blinders on. The parking garage today. Um, I, there was an older woman uh, in the elevator with me. By the way, oh, was there really? And that doesn't really happen. I mean, we get here relatively early, so typically you don't get a lot of elevator action. And all of a sudden, I walk on the elevator, and she looks at me and just literally puts her head down. No words exchanged from <laughs> you know floor two to floor six. Yeah, that's not uh, your fault. It's Halloween. That's it was a on, bit awkward. Yeah, that's on her. Okay, you have to know you're dressed up like bacon today. It's not a normal Tuesday yeah. in Indianapolis. It's Halloween. Come on. Felt yeah. like it was okay. Yeah, that's fine. I think she's just like uh, of all the people that could be in this elevator with me. It's the guy just in the bacon. <laughs> now, Mark, at six thirty, at six in the morning. Mark, you're yeah. going with a little Kevin James. Here. Yeah, I feel like I need to like get on it's the camera fantastic. at some point and just pose so that people get it. But I'm the Kevin James meme that kind of has taken <laughs> charge. One of the more shrug popular of the memes right now. Yeah, I, I literally, I could not think of a costume, and I, I was at the game with Jake Query yesterday, and he just randomly came up in conversation, because he's one of his old man rants, he's like, I don't get this Kevin James meme, why is it everywhere? I was like, you've just figured out my costume, sir. So that's how we. That's that how is we an it that out. is an old man rant. Yeah. While the uh, the Pacers were fouling and turning the ball over last night. Oh my god! Uh, so you were there. So you were. I mean, you were you were smelling the sweat with those tickets, brother. Oh yeah, smelling oh, the sweat, oh, hearing man. all the hearing all the profanities and and all that <laughs> well, stuff. Well, we were doing the profanities <laughs> just at home, trying to get the Bally Sports oh, app to function. Uh, incompetency has become way too often the word to use with the Bally Sports app. It's unbelievable to me, Andy Sweeney, that NBA teams continue to partner with such a pathetic, incompetent company like Bally Sports, which again has filed for bankruptcy. Um, last night, if you had the app or if you try to watch the games online, uh, you could not stream or view those games unless you had, which 
again, like, uh, let me explain a little bit for the Bowen household. You know, typically Rosie stays up to about 7.45, 8, and I let her watch a show during that time, and I give her the TV, and typically I, you know, just watch the game on my phone, sit there, uh, you know, peacefully, and that's how we kind of go about things in the 7 o'clock hour, and all of a sudden, the app's not working. I go over and get the laptop. I'm like, wait a minute. Um, what is going on here? And then I remembered who we were working with. Yeah. And it's Bally Sports. And here it is, the first week of the NBA yeah. season. The third game. A big game. A game that people can't wait to settle in on a Monday night and watch. Remember last Thursday yeah. morning? Uh, the highest rated Pacers opening night game and you know, X amount of years. And you know, viewership over the season openers up 60% from last season. Like, if you're the NBA and you're trying to attract a new age of fans, I would think the streaming service for the vast majority of your teams would be something that you would want to make sure has functionality on the third game of the NBA season. Uh, just an absolute joke that we pay, you know, whatever, nineteen ninety-five, I believe it is, per month, and this is the type of product that is provided to us. Okay, so yeah, I, I didn't know. So, you know, I'm relatively new here, and I have only been hearing the horror stories Welcome on, to Bally on Bally's. And so the first game, KB looked at me and goes, how did it go? And I'm like, oh, I'm like, and I'm not thinking of it. You know, I've watched a lot of Cincinnati Reds games over the years on Bally's, and I think, oh, I mean, it was fun. The broadcast was fan and, uh, fine. And by the way, it has nothing to do with Denary and company on the actual no, broadcast no, no, no. Uh, because people get those two it's mixed their up. their damn employer that sucks. Yeah, and so, you know, I, I, I flip it on, and I'm not able, it's giving me an error message, and I'm like, it's 6.55 right now. Like, And so I start to, you know, look on Twitter, and they have the Bally's help desk, who has a Twitter account. Their <laughs> social media is maybe dumber and more incompetent than their actual product. It's just the same two or three lines that they send to everybody, but as the game was going, I gotta be honest, I was having a little bit of fun just watching the people who we're trying to check in at different times, whether it be, you know, the guy that's checking in mid first quarter, the guy that's checking in second quarter, oh, yeah. halftime, yeah. whatever it may be. But yeah, that's all I could think of was the team's two and oh. No, obviously they lost last night. We'll dive into it. They're two and one, but they're two and oh. You set all sorts of, of streaming records and audience records and everything else. Game one, you're excited. You, you beat Cleveland on the road with Don, without Donovan Mitchell and company. You come home. It's a Monday night. It's not yet. There's nothing going on last night. That's the thing, KB. You have a you have, you have the Raiders and Lions, which is okay. You have the World Series. So you have some things in the background, but if you're an Indiana fan, okay, if you're in Indianapolis or around here, I mean, you know, Halloween's tomorrow. You can settle in, and uh, hell, you can get half the game over by the time the NFL game even kicks off, right? It's Before just... the, the baseball game even goes, and it doesn't work, and I text you guys, it's not that it didn't work. I it didn't work the entire game. Yeah. Like I've had issues with an ESPN Plus feed or you know Fox Sports. Yeah, feed. and it's out for a quarter. Yeah, maybe. And it's out for a quarter. It's out for 10-15 right. minutes, and it's and it's and it's resolved. Like I haven't checked the app today. I don't know if I can even get into the app at seven oh seven. Let me check. I I'm just picturing this company as a bankrupt co- company, not like paying off one of their you know random little items that would help to stream the app from a functionality standpoint on the third night of the NBA season. So um, I know there are a lot of our audience that either had dialed up 
our station yeah. for Mark Boyle sure. and company. It's great for them. Um, and missed out. And I guess in a way, it was probably a good thing you missed out. Just a, a, a wild combination once Rosie finally went to bed and I could turn on the cable and get my now, normal You know what you are, right? To work. Have you seen the meme of shout out to all the dads who buy an 85-inch TV who think they're going to be watching sports <laughs> and instead Bluey's on TV or whatever the hell else kids uh, watch and you're watching it on a, you know, an 8-inch phone? I, I was doing the <laughs> dishes last night because that, that's also kind of a thing that I'm like, okay, Rosie, you can watch, you know, Bluey on the TV. I'll go do the dishes and just throw up the phone right above the sink and kind of watch the game. Sure. While I'm doing the dishes. Maddie comes in and goes, oh my gosh, I almost just cried at the Bluey episode. And I'm thinking to myself, there's not a more parent comment. You aren't officially a parent until you get emotional oh, watching man. Bluey. Um, but for those that did finally get to t- uh, tune into the Pacers game last night, to me, it was just a combination of things. I thought the Bulls, first off, they got the game much more at their pace. Mm-hmm. Um, I always watch the Bulls and think to myself, how are they this bad? Like, how do they have Levine, DeRozan, and Vucevic, and they're this bad on a pretty annual basis? They're last probably night, wondering the same thing. All three of them over 20 points. You know, defending without fouling, I think that's a question you throw to Rick Carlisle. I didn't think the Pacers got a great whistle last night, but... They did a decent job when they didn't foul DeRozan and Levine, but they got to the foul line way too much there late. And then simply, I just thought the Pacers didn't shoot it well. And I thought the looks were decent. Um, and honestly, of the next 70, what, eight nights of the year, I'd be hard-pressed to find Tyrese Halliburton ever going one for eight from three in a game the rest of the season. So certainly a disappointing loss because you don't view the Bulls as that big of a threat, uh, and it is at home. And, and you looked at you know tomorrow night, and all of a sudden it's at Boston, and Boston looks great, and defending Tatum and defending Brown. Yeah, Boston's pretty damn good. Saying Tatum and Brown last night had 33 and 36 apiece and didn't even play in the fourth quarter. So that will be quite the challenge tomorrow night. But again, uh, ineptness from Bally Sports, uh, greater than ineptness from the Pacers. Uh, so what do I do today? Because this is the kind of person I am. Uh, I think during the break, I'm going to find the one I mean, is a 1-800 number and be nice to the people on the other end. But I got to oh, get, so I gotta no get a credit, don't I? Don't I have to get like a $2 I, credit or something good, for this. I have to. I would good be luck. shocked if you get a refund. <laughs> All right, well, that's that what I'll do after the, the show. Th- that's bigger than Fairly Dickinson over Purdue. Is if it you really? able to get oh, a my refund God. from Bal- They're bankrupt. <laughs> Yeah. What do you mean they're going to give you a refund? <laughs> they're like, hell no, we're keeping the $1.90. Back back before Spectrum was, you know, living in the Louisville area, southern Indiana, you know, it, it had been like Charter and it had been Insight. Remember Insight Communications? You guys remember that at all? And if it went down, if the internet went down for like five hours, you could legit call in and they would give you like a $1.08 credit. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd be shocked if you got that. All right, well, well, we'll, we'll give it a try. By the way, last night, uh, if you look at it, 24 fouls for the Pacers, 67 fouls in three games. That's something preseason right. Rick Carlisle. Yeah. yeah, he really talked about that. We've seen it a little bit this season. And then last night, uh, obviously, was one of those. You know I'm keeping track of how many three-pointers. Uh, and, you know, kind of watching parts of the game, it feels like all their threes were not good threes. And there can be a distinction there. Not everyone is Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. They shot 46 of those. I, I don't know. I think, you know, for me, listen, we have Shane Steichen sound. He talked about Jonathan Taylor, the running game. What's his message to the locker room? So we'll dive into all of that. 
Uh, is there any part of you, listen, there's no reason to be too frustrated. Uh, there's going to be losses. We understand that. If you pick this Pacer team to win, you know, 42 games or whatever, that means they're going to have 40 losses, right? Like, we understand there's losing nights in the NBA. Does it give you any pause they lost last night, given their 2-1, and one, and one of those wins is, a, you know, a close win against Cleveland, who didn't play any of their All-Stars? I think that would be the only kind of apprehension this morning is, and now you go into to Boston, and you're not going to be picked to be Boston, right? So you're lo- you're you're staring two and two in the face. Well, the, I mean, there's an element of you just play who shows up on your schedule, and obviously the Wizards on opening night, and then Cleveland resting all those guys. That's just kind of how the schedule has operated. Rick Carlisle, when he joins us here in 45 minutes, you know, there is certainly um, a theme that he has said to us on several occasions of taking advantage of this early start to the season based off schedule, and then after Wednesday night, which is at Boston, when you've got five straight at home, but right. I mean, if you look at some of the opponents that you are going to play later this month, um, yeah, you are at Boston. You, you have the Bucks coming here next week. Back to back against Philadelphia, which who the know who the hell knows what they're going to look like after trading James Harden late last night. Uh, are Clippers fans happy about that? By the way, <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, they're Clippers fans. There's not many of them. Second of are all, we no, they're with Valley. They're, they're, they're or never are happy. Fans happier that they got James Harden. I don't know. I kind of feel Is that like a good thing. This is like the ninth time we've done the James Harden joins blank and blank. I, I mean, the Clippers to me, at least James Harden will play basketball. I mean, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard usually don't play basketball. So I don't know. It maybe Harden can carry them to the postseason because we sure know as hell he ain't gonna shine when he get to the postseason. So I don't know. That doesn't move the needle for me as much as it used to. The whole James Harden thing. Uh, Matthew Stansberry in the YouTube chats uh, comments here. I find myself wanting to eat KB. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bacon is good. That's man. worth a flag on the comments or not? <laughs> I can't say disturbing. too many people have ever said that to me in my well, life. It's if YouTube. I'm gonna be fully honest here. You can do anything on YouTube but play Taylor Swift and Metallica songs. Matt Matthew, thank you for that comment. Um, happy Halloween to everybody out there. Bundle up, to say the least. It is a scrape your car morning, oh, which is man. just an absolute joke. Just, just a that, punch to the gut. Uh, that is what we're dealing with here on Halloween. It is NFL trade deadline day. Four o'clock coming up. Should the Colts make a move? We did see, I would say, quite the move by the New York Giants late yesterday, along with the Seattle Seahawks. And, and that kind of falls in line with, I think, a lot of where I come from. At the trade deadline, we can explain more of that here in a little bit. Again, Rick Carlisle at 8 o'clock. The always entertaining Greg Doyle going to join us at 9. Again, good Tuesday morning to you. The Texas Rangers continue to win away from home. Um, I guess it's what, Max Crosby and the Raiders refused to throw the ball to Devontae Adams? Does that kind of sum up what happened last night? Jameer Gibbs was outstanding for the Detroit Lions as the Lions get a win on Monday Night Football, and as we look ahead to Week 9, it's actually a pretty good slate oh, this week it's in the a great NFL. Slate. So some really good games in Week 9 with the Colts and Panthers meeting Sunday. 4.05 kick from Charlotte. I am Kevin Bowen. He is Andy Sweeney, Mark Dykton on the 1s and 2s. Good Tuesday morning to you. Happy Kevin Hall. James. Kevin, Kevin James. James on the 1s and 2s. Kevin James and Kevin Bacon. Is that what we're going with here on this Tuesday morning? Thank you for tuning in. It is the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy right here on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. 
Yeah, 8 o'clock hour, hanging out with you. DriveHubler.com studios. Reminder, Game 4 World Series. We'll join that in pro- uh, progress tonight after trackside at about 9 o'clock or so, so you won't miss any of that home of the World Series right here on The Fan. So cannot wait for that. Pacers, Celtics, Wednesday, our coverage here on The Fan beginning at 7 o'clock. All right, Rick Carlisle joins us, head coach of the Pacers. He joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Coach? Happy Halloween. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right. How are you guys doing? Uh, We're doing fantastic. I know you can't see this, but uh, Kevin Bowen is dressed up like a piece of bacon today. So that's what he decided to do today. He's dressed up like bacon, coach. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Not sure it's one of my... Well, that's who's interviewing you, a piece of bacon. Not sure it's one of my finer moments, coach, but nonetheless, uh, thanks for joining us here. I've had I've had worse interviews. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I'm sure you have. Good. I'm glad I'm clearing. I'm, I'm sure you that have. Probably a very low bar here on this Tuesday <laughs> morning. Uh, as you look back on last night, uh, Coach, you seemed kind of a variety of things. Whether it was defending without fouling, frankly, just kind of missing some open shots, not getting the game at maybe the pace you would like. What, what stood out to you about last night? Well, there was a period in the third quarter where we had. We had it to eight points. We had an eight-point lead, and there were four possessions in a row where we just came up empty. We had a couple of bad miscues. We had a couple of pretty good looks that we missed. And one of the keys about winning in the NBA, as I'm sure it's um, very similar in the NFL, is having, having as big a lead as you can headed into the fourth quarter. And so and we still went into the fourth with a five-point lead. But it could have been, you know, it could have been seven or eight or nine. And, you know, every point counts. So that was a big part of it. You know, you, I think you mentioned the fouling. And, and uh, you know, our shooting wasn't great. And uh, I think a lot of this, you got to give credit to Chicago. They just they played a very physical hard-fought game. I thought our team played very hard as well, um, but they played better, and so you know, we got some work to do. Obviously, tomorrow night, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, that speaks for itself, especially with what those two did last night, both over 30 in just three quarters, but as you look back to last night with DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, I'm curious, do you fall a little bit more on the encourage meter, like you held them to 12 of 36? I mean, that's that's a great night from a defensive standpoint, or do you fall on the, we can't let those two guys get to the foul line 19 times combined, where they made 18 of those 19? Yeah, probably, probably some of both. And, uh, I mean, another encouraging thing about last night was that we got off to a much better start in the game. Uh, the first two games... You know, we we given up uh, huge offensive numbers to the opponent. Um, last night, you know, it was it was very very much back and forth. It was uh, a much more manageable defensive number, and we came out of the first quarter up three. So, you know, that was that was a good sign. But um, you know, the the fouling has been it's just been an ongoing theme, and it's just something we got to. We got to keep working. I mean, there were there were plays in the fourth quarter where you know we just made some some just poor judgment mistakes. Uh, you know, we we grabbed the jersey of DeRozan once or twice in front of the referee. You know, that's just going to be an automatic foul and then the bonus. And 
you know, we just got to clean that stuff up. Rick Carlisle with us on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline. You mentioned the fouls. That's what I was going to ask as a follow-up. 67 fouls in three games. Those are just the numbers. I think last night, uh, I think 24 was the number. How do you clean that up? Is it attention to detail? Um, Is it film study, kind of knowing what the other guy is going to do? What is it? What are you trying to instill in the guys so they don't do this as much, I guess? Well... NBA defense is such a game of inches, and your your positioning with your footwork, your positioning with your hands. Um, if there's a screen coming, the position of the player defending, the man setting the screen. I mean, there's such a level of precision to be able to navigate that stuff and and avoid you know the the onslaught of fouls. So. Um, you know, we just got to keep working on it. You know, I showed the guys a film before the game last night of 12 plays in the Cleveland game where we gave up a total of 29 points, you know, because our, our attention to detail was not what it should have been. And, you know, we, got, we, we were fortunate in Cleveland. I mean, um, they were without a couple of their star players and, you know, um, and we had a really rough start in that one, but we were able to, you know, get the wheels back on the wagon. Our, our second unit played great, and, and Tyrese was, was brilliant down the stretch. But th- these are going to be, you know, things that we continue to have to work on and recognize and do better with. Rick Carlisle joining us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Pacers fall to the Bulls last night, 2-1 and one on the year at Boston coming up tomorrow night. Uh, Coach, I want to go back to Friday, if you don't mind, or I guess Thursday maybe, and signing that contract extension. Obviously, our first conversation with you since that. Um, if you look at your kind of second stint here, is this what you thought it would be? Did you walk into it thinking it would be kind of this rebuild that it's turned into? And obviously this year now, uh, certainly a, a much more of, I think, a kind of a winning playoff focus from so many inside and outside of the organization. Well, good question. Uh, obviously, no, it didn't appear that way, but you never know. I mean, you never know exactly what you're getting into. Um, and, you know, there was clearly a lot of work to be done. Um, the roster needed to be revamped. Um, and you know, we found out in the first two months that, you know, the there were just things about the dynamics of the roster that, that weren't working. And um, so, you know, Kevin and Chad went to work. Um, you know, we were able to do the deal for uh, Domas, you know, for uh, for Tyrese. And, you know, that's been a great deal for both franchises. Um, you know, Buddy's been a terrific acquisition. And, you know, we really felt that, in today's game, we need to get as much shooting as possible. And if you get a chance to acquire a franchise point guard in his early 20s, that, that that's something that would be important too. And then from there, you know, it's just it's just been all about developing talent and developing players. And you know, the, the first couple of years, um, you know, it, it has been just that. I mean, there have been times, uh, a lot of times, where we we have just played guys to develop them. Um, you know, this year we, is a different year, and so um, we're we're in much more of a merit-based uh, mode of 
of playing time, rotation, that kind of stuff. And, um, and obviously expectations have increased. So that's what you want. You know, you want to be in a situation where you feel like you have a chance every night to win. Um, we, we feel like the roster is, you know, significantly better than it was certainly last year and certainly, definitely a couple of years ago. Um, but like the NFL, um, the NBA operates with very slim margins. And uh, so, you know, we're, we're working in those areas uh, to try to gain as many small edges as we can. Um, but the parity in, in the NBA has never been better, <clears throat> and that creates really massive challenges in every game you play. Rick Carlisle with us here on The Fan. Who has stood out? Maybe let's move Tyrese uh, aside. Who has stood out to you? I know it's just three games, a couple exhibition games, as someone who you think's game has really got better maybe from last year to this year. Who would that be early on in this season in the first week or so? Anybody? Well, I think a guy that has... Uh, drawing a lot of conversation on that area, uh, on that area is Jalen Smith, and you know he really devoted his uh, entire summer to getting stronger, to getting more entrenched as a full-time five-man. You know, he came to us as a guy that had an opportunity to to play the four when we first got here. Um, he started him for twenty-seven or twenty-eight games, and just decided that, you know, we, we needed to do something a little different at four. And so uh, from that point, you know, he just kind of revamped his approach. It was a little bit of an up-and-down season last year. You know, the last 30 games, I thought he was terrific, always ready to play, et cetera, et cetera. And then this summer, he just solidified it even more and really outright won the backup center mm-hmm. spot. And... Um, has played has played extremely well and played well last night too before he got banged up and and we we hope that this is not anything serious he was available to go back in the game um, in the fourth but uh, but we'll see where he is uh, where he is this morning um, and, uh, and you know that's that's kind of where we are like I, any other guy I like uh, I, I like Ben Mather and and what he's done <clears throat> you know his his numbers aren't super gaudy right now uh, offensively but his his uh, development at the defensive end um, and his effort and his you know attention to detail has gotten so much better um, and as you as you saw last night you know if you watch the game in the second half uh, foul trouble got him and took him out of the game and that hurt us because he was a guy that, you know, when we made that little run to get up six or eight, um, it got to the rim a couple of times, gotten, gotten fouled, et cetera. So uh, those are a couple guys, but, you know, I, I love the roster top to bottom. Um, you know, we have great guys, and <clears throat> last night was tough, but uh, we'll regroup today, and you know, we got another opportunity tomorrow night in Boston. 
Again, Rick Carlisle is with us. As he said, Pace was off to Boston a little bit later today. It's a 7.30 tip tomorrow night against the undefeated Celtics. I want to go back to Saturday in Cleveland, Coach. Uh, obviously, your second unit was so, so good in that game. Aaron E. Smith, TJ McConnell especially. We've seen McConnell out of the rotation games one and three in it in game two. How much is that kind of matchup based and how much of that is just in-game feel of, I, I, I think this is a McConnell night or we need the McConnell insert energy, whatever word you want to use here to get us going. Yeah, this is a this is a really good question. It's a really uh, tough answer. You know, it's it is a feel thing. Uh, you know, it's an inexact science. Um, pretty pretty obvious in Cleveland that you know when we're down fifteen. Uh, six or seven minutes into the game that, that we, we need some kind of X factor in the game. And uh, last night, um, it was a consideration in the first quarter, but we were playing much better. And uh, to me, it was just, it was a gut call that, you know, that I had to make, I thought early in the game um, with a guy like him, you know, if you're going to, if, if you're going to play him, you want to, uh, play him as early in the game as possible, just out of respect to him and the situation. But this is this is a gut wrencher, you know. I mean, on an every night basis, um, you know, the guys that are playing in front of him are all terrific players. Um, it's not that he's not one of our nine best players. Sometimes it just has to do with the structure of the roster <clears throat> and those kinds of things, but. All that said, um, nothing's been completely, utterly, entirely determined uh, with his situation or anything with the, with the rotation, and it's you know it's it's an ongoing you know set of challenges. Rick Carlisle with us. Last one for me, Coach, and we always appreciate the time. Uh, obviously very busy the game last night, travel today, Celtics tomorrow. I mean, you look at Boston, we know Jalen Brown, we know Jason Tatum, two guys that really make that team go. Hell, I could throw in Derek White, and there's many others, but Porzingis is new to this team. He's had a fantastic start. Drew Holiday obviously traded there right before the season started. So uh, tell us what you have seen with the Celtics, and then how are they different with Porzingis and Drew Holiday, and I understand it's just you know three games early on here. Yeah, I mean they're undefeated. Um, they handled Washington pretty easily last night. Um, you know, it's a great roster. It's uh, you know if you look at their the roster and the matchups, you know, it's it's it, it can be pretty daunting. Um, you know, for us, we we've got a get back to playing our style at a higher level. Uh, we, we've got to pick up our pace. Um, yeah, if, if it's going to be solely about, you know, matching up uh, man for man, all that kind of stuff, um, you know, it's going to be a tough night. But we've played them well the last couple of years, and um, it's going to come down to, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of the basic things. You know, like last night, uh, 17 turnovers were killer. And when we had the miscues in the third quarter, when we had a chance to extend the lead, um, turnovers were a big part of it. So possession of the ball is, is, is huge. Um, the free throw line is huge. Um, rebounding is huge. And we did, a, we did a pretty good job rebounding the ball last night. So 
we're going to have to keep these guys tomorrow night off the free throw line. Um, and we're going to have to get in the paint as often as we can and generate as many good shots as we can. And uh, if we do that and bring a, bring the right kind of um, intensity and, and, and style to the game, um, you know, we'll give ourselves a chance. But this is one, this is one of, you know, the top two or three teams in the league. You know, if you look at all the predictions and all those kinds of things and, um, you know, the acquisition of Holiday really put them in another stratosphere. Right. You know, for me, because he, he he's so great on both sides of the ball. So um, this will be a great challenge, and, and you know, we'll, we'll find out more about exactly where we are tomorrow night. Coach, we'll end with this, and as Andy said, thank you for the time, as always, on this Tuesday morning. I don't peg you as someone that will be walking around the streets of Boston in a Halloween costume tonight. Uh, are you a Halloween guy? Typically, uh, I know typically you have some other responsibilities this time of year, but uh, were you ever a big Halloweener back in the day? Well, first of all, thanks for that. You know, just uh, <laughs> the assumption that I'm not going to be walking around, walking around Boston in a, in a costume tonight. Maybe I'm wrong. Sorry about that. <laughs> he did lump you in, uh, but he went with the stereotype, Coach. Sorry. Uh, 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 yeah, I mean, you know, I... I do, I do like Halloween. You know, th- this is uh, going to be an interesting year because uh, we've been living in, it, in a high rise in Dallas for years, and <laughs> there's been there have been no trick or treaters. And so, um, you know, where we live now, we're in, we're in a regular house, and uh, so Donna, my wife, has has got a big tray of <laughs> you know stuff ready for the trick or treaters. Let's uh, go. Yeah, I heard some guys talking yesterday about. You know, trick-or-treat candy and what you like and what you don't like and stuff like that. Uh, any trick-or-treaters that show up at our house, I think, are going to be very pleased. And so... Uh, Good job. You know, we uh, we have we have the appropriate, I believe, uh, level of respect for uh, for the holiday, if you want to call it that. And uh, you know, we'll look forward to, uh, to seeing all those people, at least, uh, at least Donna will tomorrow night. You know, I, I, what I love about Rick Carlisle is you don't get coach speak from him. He's so candid, but the appropriate level of respect for a ho- for the holiday is maybe the most coach speak thing I think I've ever heard. He's respecting his opponent. That's what's going is. on, and which that is would fantastic. Be October 31st tonight. As he said, quite the challenge coming up tomorrow night. Coach, safe travels. I know home stand coming up on the other side of it. Again, thanks for the time on this Tuesday morning, and uh, we look forward to talking to you, to you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right, final segment, 8 o'clock hour. Reminder, coming up in about six minutes, Greg Doyle going to join us uh, as well. Uh, We'll talk with him about all the happenings with the Colts and Pacers. I don't know if I should say this out loud, but it's funny fodder anyway. KB, you ready for this? Sure. Yesterday, yesterday, I don't know exactly when this happened, but middle, middle yesterday, and I don't know if the same happened to you. Middle of the day yesterday, I started to get, you know, I'm going through this phone fiasco because I broke my phone and everything, and there's no iPhones, like all the new iPhones, there's no iPhones, like you can't find one anywhere, Apple Store, Best Buy, doesn't matter, you can't find one, so I'm looking, I'm trying to find an iPhone, and I notice I'm just getting a bunch of emails, I somehow, uh, I somehow got added to the Hammer and Nigel email list. Oh. <laughs> 
And if you think people that email sports guys are crazy about some of the and things they have to say, for work images? Uh, no, just political stuff. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's always well, fun. Yeah. So if you think sports people are crazy, uh, the conspiracy. So I'm reading up on conspiracy theorists of Amber and Nigel. I was doing that this morning. Like, ah, oh, these are some interesting emails. Well, I wish we had a conspiracy <laughs> theory about why Bally Sports sucks. Oh, Last night, for those that Brutal. missed it or didn't experience it, if you stream the app, if you try to watch via website, uh, no access to Bally Sports. That would be nineteen ninety five per month. It is an utter joke that the Pacers and the NBA continue to, uh, for a multi what billion dollar business to convince to continue to partner with this incompetent uh, company that is broadcasting so many of their games. Yes, there are some teams out there, and usually they involve owners that have massive amounts of money and and I get that all of them do, but uh, that are on, you know, one end of that scale that have opted to whatever, have local, you know, television channels pick up their broadcast games, you know, think old Channel 4 um, <laughs> from real old kind of Pacer days. Uh, Pacers are not one of those teams though. So they have succumbed to Bally and the issues again uh, abundant last night for them. And it's just awful customer service. I mean, good luck getting a refund. You want me to stay on hold today for an hour and see if well, I can get Tony one Tony said do- he was on hold for 60 minutes, <laughs> $1.25 And the other back. listener said he watched the game with his 10-year-old kid and there were porn ads mm-hmm. all popping up from his illegal stream. Well, it's like, yeah, no, I got, you know, I have paid the money. I've been, uh, I've done everything. And it's like, it's not even like, oh, you missed the first quarter. It's like, no, you missed the, the entire whole game. game. And we're I mean, talking the, the third game. game of the season. I mean, we're talking not only the third game, but the pregame. Like, I felt bad for the crew. I mean, you're putting out a game. You're 2-0 and on the season. Uh, you know, the Bulls are always a team that has quite a following from the 90s. Like, we understand the Chicago Bulls, but not to mention the Pacers, you know, they did the entire release how Game 1 was the most watched game on Bally since blah, blah, blah. I'm sure the streaming numbers showed that, but I did go back because I searched this. I mean, you can go back two, three years of people like texting uh, yeah, an uh, annual tw- ritual tweeting Greg Doyle and tweeting like uh, JMV and everybody else about what the hell's going on but no you miss the, you miss the entire game you didn't get the third quarter fourth quarter pre-game post-game you didn't get anything that's what was so surprising usually any fix you know 10 15 20 minutes it's fixed in an NBA game it's a 2 hour game it wasn't fixed dad those don't look like any swings i've ever seen at a playground <laughs> We will trick or treat with Greg Doyle next. Yeah, yeah, 9 o'clock hour, hanging out with you. Another hour to go until 10 o'clock. Query and company coming your way at noon. Then he's going to Europe, right? Jake's going to be heading out, so good for him. JMV at 3 o'clock. Reminder tonight, about 9 o'clock or so, World Series Game 4. We'll join that in progress. You shouldn't miss too much of that. If you did miss any of our conversation over the last two hours or our conversation with Rick Carlisle, Pacers head coach, check that out, 1075thefan.com or download uh, the app. All right, let's go back on out to the Payless Liquors Hotline. Always love to catch up with Greg Doyle from the Star. Greg, good morning, sir. Happy Halloween. How are you? Uh, I'm good. If he gets to be called KB, it occurred to me, why don't you get to be called AS? Oh, never mind. Yeah, maybe not. Never mind. <laughs> I've been called that a lot. Uh, my grandmother did want the first grandchild to be named Ashley Sue Sweeney. Uh, so go ahead and just uh, figure out what that added up to. So you know. Hey, well, I've got a, I've got a, a, a worse. I got two worst name stories for you, real quick. First of all, my first kid was born. He's Macon. I'm from Macon, Georgia. We named him Macon. So we had, we were pregnant. Our second kid didn't know what it was going to be. 
if it was going to be a girl, bless her heart, she was going to be Savannah. We were going to have kids named Macon and Savannah, and that would have been just so cute. I would have puked every time I introduced him in public for the rest of my life. So luckily he was a boy, so he's Jackson. And then finally, Greg, with three Gs, uh-huh. happened because a typo in the newspaper. I played baseball. I might have been All-State. That's a story for another day. But they put my name in the paper a few times in the story for another day, and they misspelled it once, Greg with two Gs. Cute girl in school saw it and liked it and said, that's cool, and I've been two Gs ever since. Really? That's the truth. Okay. How about that? I do like that. I feel like I just do anything I for learned love. something. Yeah, I like that. Nine oh three. What did you say, KB? I said you do anything for love, especially at that age. Oh, oh at that age? Yeah. Love had, what, <laughs> Kevin, what's love got to do with it? What love got nice. to do with it? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. The one and only Greg Doyle, he's with us here. Greg, have you, I, I feel like you have. Wait, you, you listen, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, okay, can we talk about this for a second? If you, Twitter's not representative of the world, I, I understand that, but it's it's a chunk. It is a chunk. And it's a chunk of the cool people, a chunk. People hate me on Twitter, and yet, and I'll just say this, because what the hell, if you know me in person, you like me a lot. Like, I... Find someone who doesn't, whose name isn't Dan Dockage. Like, I, I, I can hear myself on the radio. Like, I'm, I'm funny, I'm charming, I can be humble when I'm not saying I'm funny and charming and all state baseball. People hate me. I don't know what they want. Like, I, do you want me to write just happy stuff? Do you want me, or would you like me to write what I really think is happening at all times? The people I rip, Ballard, the coaches, the players, they like me because they know where my heart is. But the fans are like, ah, oh, you're so mean. Toughen up, people. I'm a decent dude. Anyway, keep going. Your latest is kind of a happy piece, right? Andrew Nemhard, Jenny Buchek. Yeah, that that was fascinating. Look, that was fascinating. I, you know, she she helped McConnell TJ last year improve his shot. I mean, everybody credits her with it. And, and this is a Pacers so. assistant coach for those totally unfamiliar with who she is. Right, Pacers assistant Jenny Buchek helped McConnell last year. He went from being a guy who wouldn't shoot at all from three to shooting forty five percent in the year. So Andrew Nemhard sees that and. And actually, with her kind of prodding a little bit, decides he, he wants some help, too. So I get them together. My, my goal was, I want them to, as we're interview, interviewing them together, tune me out eventually and start just looking at each other and start talking. I, let me be able to fly on the wall and let's just see what happens. What I didn't know is that Nimhard is the most painfully quiet, shy, really successful hmm. athlete I think I've ever seen. Like, I had no idea. And, you know, you watch the guy play, you don't know, but... Behind the scenes, he wants no part of anything, which is so it's so charming. And Jenny is that way up to a point because what she does is she studies you. She's she's the fly in the wall until it's time to step in, and she steps in. But so I'm sitting there with both of them. Neither one of them will say boo, and I get them going a little bit doing what I do. And and after about ten minutes, magic happens, and they tune me out and just start talking back and forth. And they're like interrupting each other. They're high five and they're laughing at me. It was a beautiful. It was beautiful. And I and I and the story is almost more of their words than mine. I just started. I just started, Basically, I even wrote. Listen, guys, you don't need me anymore. They didn't need me either. Here's what happened. And I just start quoting them back and forth. Boom, 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 boom. Which I think the quotes reveal who they are and why she's so good. Again, find that uh, the app, obviously, IndyStar.com. That Colts, Pacers, tons uh, that Greg has been writing about lately. Yeah, but, but I'm so mean, Andy. Why uh, would they want to help out a guy like me? Uh, nobody likes me, except for everybody who knows me. But, but that's the that, dance. Nobody likes me. 
and I'm probably really lonely all the time, except for the fact that I'm always sending people off because they want my time all the time. But no, nobody likes me, Andy. Aren't you paying attention? Yeah, but but Greg, that's the dance. That's the dance. You have to you have to play the bad guy. You have to pay the play the bad guy no, no, role no, no. a little bit, just a little bit. No, 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 no. Actually, no. I, listen, I love you, and I know you don't. Mean, I don't. I know you don't quite understand what you just said. Uh, no offense. I mean, but I'm not playing anything. Like I. I, I watched Jonathan Taylor be a jerk. I'm going to call him a jerk. Are Colts fans going to get mad at me when he comes back? Yes. When he was holding out, they're like, yeah, Jonathan Taylor's a jerk. But now he's back. Now all of a sudden, wait a minute. Sure. Doyle called him a jerk. Doyle's a bad guy. Oh, I see how it goes. That's just the way the world is. So, uh, but I don't Well, I like it. you. Well, we like you. I did see people tweeting. <sighs> people were tweeting you last night to rip Bally's, given that no one could get the game last night, the Pacer game. Did you see that? I did see it. Um, I, I'm not looking at Twitter as much as I used to because it's just weird. It's uh, it, it's weird. Tw- Twitter was always kind of a place where it was kind of raw, but you liked it. Now Twitter's a place where, and things have changed. We all know things have changed. And now, like people that are mostly nice don't tweet much on Twitter. They just don't like that. It's not where you go anymore to say nice things. It's where you go to yeah. complain or or to read other stuff. But you don't you don't waste your time saying nice things because you know no one's listening anyway. So I, I did see it. And I'm glad I saw it because I was able to respond to a lot of people. It gave me a story idea. I need to write about Bally's at some point. Really quickly, did you – I was on Bally's app last year, and then I got off of it because it was so awful. As I recall last year, it was like watching you, – you guys are probably too young for this – but Atari video games. Have you, <laughs> you ever seen them? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. That was the screen quality of their app last year on my high, on my TV. Does, does that ring a bell? Yeah, right? uh, early on in the year, they had some issues. Uh, I mean, this is like an annual thing. I feel like every October, every November, each year they have had this partnership. We have had some sort of the discussion that we've had today. And it, it's just a joke. I mean, 1995 is a massive number to pay for a streaming service per month. And this is the product that NBA teams, to be fair, it's not just the Pacers. Many NBA teams continue to partner with. Yeah, and and the Pacers, kind of like, kind of like, well, the, you know, the, the Colts with with uh, Jonathan Taylor, they're in a hard spot. You, you got to pay them the money. You don't want to pay them the money, but they're kind of stuck. It's different, but the Pacers are kind of stuck. You know, they're they want an app. They don't really have the manpower, the one power to do it themselves. It'd be a, a huge undertaking. So they they parcel it out to Bally's, and they're kind of stuck. And then Bally's decides the price point. I'm sure the Pacers contribute to that idea, but the Pacers are kind of stuck. But at the same time, at the end of the day, kind of like Ursay, at the end of the day, if you want your players to be safe, put grass on that field. If, if you really want to. We know you can afford it. Sell your Beatles drum set. You can afford it. But he's in a hard spot, I guess. He didn't want to pay the money. Well, the Pacers are in a hard spot, too. They don't want to pay the money for, for good streaming, so they – so they deserve a little bit of the criticism, too. Greg Doyle is with us here, obviously columnist at the Indianapolis Star. Greg, I want to go back to what you wrote on Sunday, and uh, sorry for eavesdropping, I actually overheard you in the press box discuss what you were going to write about after the game, and at first, I did kind of the Alonzo morning meme, you know, the morning meme where he's sitting on the bench, yeah, and he's yeah, like, I, wait, <laughs> what in the world? And then after a few seconds, he's like, actually, I guess that kind of makes sense. And, and I'm paraphrasing here, and obviously, feel free to expand, but you basically said the Jonathan Taylor usage on Sunday to you screamed like, the Colts might trade this guy. And I, I kind of sat there, and I don't think ultimately he will be traded by 4 o'clock today. But I was more going down the path of, like, the usage was so mystifying that I can understand how you would come away from that and sit there and think, wait a minute, what is going on here? Are they, like, did they just do that to showcase him for a quarter and then put him on the bench to say, hey, NFL, uh, plenty of tread left on these tires. And again, to me, it's not the trade. It's more of just how mystifying the lack of usage was for him. 
Yeah, and you, because I'm turning this interview into, yeah, we'll talk about what you want to, but I'm going to talk about me real quick. That What you just described, you know, you, the, the Alonzo Morning meme, is, you know, what I say, some of my ideas are outside of the box, and, and let's be honest, I don't think like anybody else, and that's okay. That, that's fine. I, I'm, I'm happy with who I am, but my ideas are so far outside the box that if all you do is see the tweet, you don't get to the second half of the Alonzo Morning meme. You see the tweet, because the there's only so much you can write a tweet, right? I, I just can't do it all. So I'm trying to, like, hey, I'm writing about this, here you go. And so you look at that and you're like, what? You're a friggin' moron. But if you actually read the God darn story or, or listen to me for more than four seconds, listen to me for 40 as you did, you're like, you know what? There's something there. So there is something there with, with Taylor. And I, I thought I was going to write, you know, I really don't know what's going to, I know what I think, but I don't know exactly how I'm going to say it. And I don't know the evolution of my thought process. So I haven't really thought about it that much. And I said, that's our writing. Now I've got an hour and a half. It all comes out. Like, this is, okay, this is exactly what I think. Here it is completely. I sat down starting to write thinking, by the end of the story, I wonder if I'm going to say the Colts are trading Jonathan Taylor because I can't make sense of what they just did. Um, by the midway through the story, I'm, I'm realizing, well, I mean, there's only two options here. After he went nuts in the first quarter, he went nuts, and they ignored him the rest of the game. There's only two options. One they, they feel like, wow, John Taylor is back. Now we can get a lot for him if we lose this game. So let's, let's keep him out so he doesn't get hurt again. That's one option, which is stupid. Okay, I get it. Option two is the Colts are stupid because he went nuts for one quarter, and then in the game they could have won or should have won, they ignored him the rest of the game. So your options are either they're trading him, my idea, which is stupid, or they just ignored their best player for three quarters, their idea, which is stupid. It's one of those two. Take your pick. Could they be stubborn with having Tony Brown being, you know, beat on defense and not running the football slash Jonathan Taylor? Could could they just be that they're stubborn when they get to the middle of the game? Which might be stupid, by yeah. the way, Greg. Yeah, and, and KB, you heard you heard yesterday the question I was asking. Like I, I realize here we go again. I, I realize that I ask questions in a weird way. Kevin, you've seen me for nine years. You understand that I ask questions in a weird way. I blurt things, I make mistakes in questions. You know, I saw Shane wearing a, a rainbow-looking um, hoodie like the day after the NHL went back on their, their, their rainbow, you know, tape on the hockey stick thing, the day after it. So I thought, oh, I wonder if Shane's, you know, like making a statement here about the NHL and, and good for them. So I asked him, hey, what's with that rainbow on your sweatshirt? It turns out that's the crucial catch symbol. Well, I didn't know. And, and you, know, you know how big a deal that is? Zero that I didn't know. No big deal. But, of course, fans on Twitter, they love. Like, ah, let's rip this guy for he didn't know. Oh, okay, I didn't know. Great. You're, if you send me a rainbow emoji, you're getting blocked because I just don't care. So I, I asked them. So, you know, I ask weird questions. But I, have to, I actually ask. I, I go after these people. I went after Shane yesterday and said, you know, last year Frank Wright called 26 straight passing plays. And later after told us the next day or whenever we talked to him, he didn't realize. He didn't, he didn't know in real time. So I asked Steichen. You know, did you, when the game is over and, and Taylor got one carry to start the third quarter and didn't touch the ball again, did, did you know in real time? And, and he said, yeah. And I said, and, and you're okay with that? And he basically said he has a lot of trust in this and that. And he leaned on Zach Moss, went 40 yards on a, on a run, and then we got behind the sticks. Like, that, that was a, a one-score game until the midway of the fourth quarter. Don't hide behind that. You know, what, what, we, what we don't need is a coach who we know how smart you are who won't admit, yeah, you know what, I kind of screwed that. Tell us you screwed it up and we can live with that. Same with Tony Brown. They did go away from Tony Brown in the second half. They finally did. But I was also asking Shane this question, which I know everybody wants to know, so every now that I come in handy, Shane, you're so attacking on offense. You attack on offense. We know who you are. Are you okay with your defense coordinator being the exact opposite of just sitting back and letting it happen? 
I told him, I realized you inherited him up to a point. He could have fired Gus Bradley, but he realized, hey, defense is good. Let's, let's, it's not broken. Let's not fix it. So he inherited Gus Bradley in this bullcrap, let's be passive defense. Are you okay with this going forward? Is this who you want to be? And what he didn't say is, yes, I'm okay for the rest of the year or the rest of my career. So if Gus Bradley gets fired or moved on after the year, I would like everybody to know who asked him first. In the meantime, make fun of me for the crucial caps thing because you're right. <laughs> that's what's important. Dummies. Greg Doyle with us on the Payless Liquors Hotline, columnist uh, there for the Indianapolis Star. Why can you tell? Can you tell? Just take a break, guys. Can you tell that that I'm changing my my tone a little bit here with you guys and and just in general? If you, you'd have to look really carefully, and if you don't, that's fine. But on Twitter, I'm starting to a ignore a lot of stuff. I'm starting to block people, even if you follow me. Like I've been close to 100,000 followers. In fact, I had over 100, and that's a nice number. I was pretty blown away by it. But then the bot purge happened about three years ago. Everybody <laughs> oh, yeah. Lost. Yeah, everybody lost 10%. I went from 108 to 101, and then, or 102, and then the Black Lives Matters, all the stuff, the, 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 all the racial inequity, all the, the stuff started happening. And because I can't, because sports is involved, I'm tweeting about it. And because this is Indiana, people don't like it. So I'm losing followers. It's very painful to watch. You know, sometimes you hover over a round number. Have you ever been to a round number and it goes up and down, up and down? Yeah. Followers? Okay, so yeah, when it's time to talk, I'll ask you a question, but until then, you just let me go. Um, so I was at 100, and then it would go down to 99.9. Then it would go to, I was hovering at 100 on the dot for like six months, and it was freaking painful. Anyway, it's, it's been downhill since. It's 97, it's going down. And I feel like, you know what? I, it doesn't matter anymore. I'm never going to get to 100, which is, and, and for the people who've never been there, if you've never been there, try it. It's fun. It's, it's fun. It's a nice big number. And then you don't have it, so I wanted it. But now, like, I don't care. And if, if, and if I'm going to go down, I'm going down my way. So if Aaron Rodgers does his crap, not only am I going to tweet the story out, I'm going to go after everybody who says I'm wrong. Because, no, no, you guys are wrong. The good guys won the vaccine war because the vaccine stopped the pandemic. Did it cure everybody? No. But the good guys won. You're welcome. And if you weren't on the right side of good, it's okay. We want it for you. And, that, and like, I'm just not going to hide from stuff anymore. So I'm not sure where I was going with that, but. Let's keep going. Yeah, but Greg, don't you feel like I don't Greg know? Greg is on one I, today. Yeah, he's. But I mean, I don't know. For this is just me. To me, I appreciate it. You say what you think, and it doesn't matter if people are going to go at you. Like to to me, that's that's who you are. That has value, Greg. It does. Well, but listen. Well, yeah, to, to people who have a brain, because people who have a brain want to know what the other side thinks. I, I subscribe to the Washington Post and the New York Times. And I read their, and they do have conservative columnists. They do. And I read them. I want to know what the other side thinks, you know, because I am liberal. Everybody can tell. I want to know what, and I, I want to know what smart people on the other side think. And here I go again, but if, if you, like, see me on Twitter, read my stories, hear me on the radio now, and you don't realize I'm smart, then you're an idiot. Like, you're, you're an absolute idiot if you don't think my brain's working pretty well. So I want to know what smart people think. You would think people around here would want to know what smart people think that might disagree with them. I am that smart guy, and unlike most people, I will say exactly what I think because I don't care if you don't like me. And what people don't understand is that's the definition of integrity. It's really easy when Josh McDaniels got hired for the media around here to fawn over Josh McDaniels. He's a great offensive coach, and that's what everybody did. He got hired here five years ago, and everybody fawned over him. You know who didn't? Me, because Josh McDaniels is a pissant. And I wrote, he's a pissant, and I don't know why he's here. And then he revealed himself as a pissant. Yeah, I'm going to be wrong a whole lot. I'm, I'm right a lot, too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that one the rest of my career. you damn right I am. But you got to say what you think at all times, and you're going to be wrong sometimes, especially when you swing hard, like Adam Dunn you know, in baseball. <laughs> you swing hard, Dave Kingman, you're going to hit some home runs. You're going to miss a lot, and that's okay. But he, he always swung with sincerity. I'm swinging with sincerity. And if anybody out there thinks that's not worth listening to or reading, you're an idiot.
Keep going. All right, swing with sincerity. What? What do you, is is this team going to be smart if they don't move anybody? That's what you also kind of wrote about over the weekend. It's a three and five football team. Maybe they can get to five and five. Just quickly, you know, with week nine and ten upcoming, some winnable games. What do you make of where this team is? And then we'll see what they do here, Greg, over the next few hours at the you know before the trade deadline at four o'clock. If Zach Moss is still here at four hundred one, the Colts are idiots. They're absolute idiots. I mean, well, like in, a, in an era where we know running backs aren't all that important, why would a three and five team need two of them? If they have, and both of them in the last year of the contract, not, no, I'm sorry, Zach's in the last year of the contract. You're idiots if you have Zach Moss still here. So there's, there's no way he's still here, which makes you wonder, though, he's a lot cheaper than Taylor. Yeah, it'd be really hard to trade Taylor, dead cap space. I get it. But again, go back to, well, then why didn't he play in the second half? Are they trying to keep up? Like, if that were basketball the night before the trade line, I mean, seriously, if that was basketball the, the day before the trade deadline, or baseball the day before the trade, trade deadline, and the best player on the field hits a home run in the first inning and you pull him, like, everybody knows, oh, he's gone. That's what it looks like. That's what the Colts made it look like. So they're trading a running back. It's one of them. I'm, I'm guessing it's Zach Moss. I don't care. You're three, you're three and five. You have two weak games you can win. You can lose them both, too. They are three full games behind the Jaguars. Right. Which means they need to catch up. They need to catch up four because they don't have the tiebreaker. Are they really going to win one more game? The Jags are six and two. There is no wild card scenario that the Colts are going to get in. They're out. They're out of the playoffs. The season's over right now. They've been talking like that since Richardson got hurt. Steichen has been talking ever since then about well, we're thinking about next year. You know, we got to be ready for next year. We're thinking, you know, they won a couple games. Now all of a sudden, well, maybe we're going to keep going. No, you're not. You're not. Next year is what you're playing for. And yeah, your fan base might not like it. And, yeah, your locker room might not like it. And, yeah, Colts, you're weak. And Jonathan Taylor gets mad, and so you give him his money. Michael Pittman gets mad, so you throw him ten balls in the next nine snaps. The, the Colts fans booed Steichen for, for um, kicking field goal. Booed him. He kicked the field goal. He took three points off the board when they had the exact same fourth and one situation. Like, it's one thing on fourth and one of the ten to decide, or the 20, wherever it was. Fourth and one, you know, we're kicking. And so you kicked it, and you got your three. It's another thing to have that exact same situation ten seconds later Take the three points off the scoreboard and then go for it. Like, that's stupid. It worked. Don't confuse something worked with the thought process was stupid. But the Colts are weak. The crowd boos will go for it. Taylor and Pittman wine will feed you. So they, they might think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. As I wrote in my story the other day, maybe they can ride a pack of unicorns all the way to Paradise, Nevada, home of the Super Bowl. Maybe that's what they're going to do this year. Not sure you need the reminder, but that is Greg Doyle from the Indianapolis Star. Greg, happy Halloween to you. Thank you for the time on this Tuesday morning, and uh, we'll probably see you tomorrow. Well, I, listen, that, that Buchik Nimhart story, please give it a read. It's really. It's less about. It's not about me at all. So it's it's a, it's fun. It's fun. It's, and let's be honest. If it was about me, it'd be the most interesting thing you read today, anyway. But it's not. It's about Butch and Nimhart. It's a cool story on the app online. Thanks for having me on, guys. I will see you tomorrow, KB.